Welcome to the Jenny Catron Leadership Podcast, brought to you by Foresight. At Foresight, we are cultivating healthy leaders to lead thriving organizations. Thank you for tuning into today's podcast. Please enjoy the rest of our show. Well, hey, friends, welcome to the podcast today. I'm Jenny Catron, your host and founder and CEO of the Foresight Group. I'm so thrilled you're here. I am a leadership and team culture junkie. Our mission and vision at Foresight is to equip healthy leaders to lead thriving teams. And we often say that you have to lead yourself well to lead others better. And so that is our commitment, even here on the podcast, is to do our best to equip you with information, resources, conversations that just enable you to keep leading well. Because leadership is not for the faint of heart, is it? It is often stretching, trying, challenging, but it is also incredibly rewarding. So I'm glad you're here. Thank you for being a part of this community. Today, I want to come at you with something rather practical. One of the things that, you know, we work with individual executive leaders and with teams across the country, both in the church space, nonprofit space, business space. And, um, you know, our, our passion and our heart is just to help equip leaders well and help them really, you know, figure out how to lead with clarity and confidence. What are those things that are holding you back, tripping you up, and keeping you and your team from really achieving your mission? And we talk a lot about culture. That's a big, big piece. The dynamics of staff culture, team culture is really, really critical to helping organizations thrive. Now, you've probably heard me say this before if you've listened for some time, but one of the things that I believe is really critical to culture is clarity. Clarity is a chief indicator of the health of a culture. When I go in and work with a leader or their team, I'm looking for clarity, clarity in your systems, clarity in your processes, clarity in your communication, clarity in your mission, clarity in your strategy. You know, the clearer we are on all of these things, the more roadblocks it removes for your team to actually accomplish what they are trying to accomplish. A simple thing that I see trip organizations up time and time again are your meetings. Now, most people cringe when we talk about meetings. I actually kind of love meetings. That always catches people a little bit by surprise. In fact, I remember one of my managers way back a number of years ago, he said to me, Jenny, you lead by meetings. And he he wasn't saying it like as affirmation. I think he was kind of like, you know, kind of criticizing me a little bit. He was like, well, you lead by meetings. And I was like, well, I do. But meetings, if they're done well, are incredibly critical to moving mission forward. And in fact, I think we sometimes have such a negative connotation with meetings, but meetings really are structured conversations. And we all know that how clear your communication is within your team is going to be a differentiator in your ability to achieve mission, how healthy your culture is, how effectively you work together, all of those things, right? The communication and the effectiveness of our team really hinges on good communication. And I believe that meetings are really structured conversations. They are intentional channels for communication, but they need attention and they need deliberate work, right? Like we actually need to be thoughtful and purposeful in how we do meetings. And most of the time I see one of two things. I either see teams who kind of haphazardly have meetings or they might have meetings scheduled, but they don't really know exactly what they're doing or, you know, what the plan is for the meeting. It's just, we always do this meeting. We always have staff meeting. We always have 
programming meeting or, you know, whatever it might be. But there's not always a clear purpose or plan for the meeting. Or I see organizations that have these rigid, rigorous systems and processes for meetings, but you're not quite sure what actually happened. Like we worked through the agenda, but I'm not sure we moved anything forward. I can remember very specifically one of the organizations that I went to work for a long time ago. I got there and there were tons of meetings. Like people were meeting all the time, but I would get antsy in the meetings because we weren't actually making any decisions. It's like we thought that by meeting and talking, we were doing things. And that is not what I mean by effective meetings. And so what I want to give you today is I want to give you five steps that you can take to creating better meetings. Five things that if you are intentional with these things, I think you will begin to see better meetings for you and your team. So we'll do a quick flyover of these. It'll get your wheels turning. Even if you pick up a couple things and you start implementing them, trying to really kind of just turn the dials into in the effectiveness of your meetings. I think you will see progress. So I want you to kind of just listen and go, okay, that's one thing. That's one thing we could do that would improve our meetings. If you can't do it all, that's okay. But pick one or two of these things to start being more intentional with your meetings. And I really believe you'll start to see a difference. So here are the five steps to creating effective meetings. And the first thing is to determine the meeting type. What type of meeting are we having? Are we having a tactical kind of updates, quick decisions, block and tackle kind of meeting. You know, these are often like those weekly meetings that you'll do that you're reviewing weekly activities, you're reviewing metrics, you're resolving, you know, just obstacles or issues that might be, you know, inhibiting people. But it's very like almost reactionary. Your tactical meeting is like, what's in front of us? What do we need to handle? These are quick. They shouldn't be very long meetings, by the way. Tactical meetings, you should try to keep as tight and brief as you can. But is it a tactical meeting? Another type of meeting is a strategic meeting. So is it a strategic meeting where you're going to discuss or you're going to analyze or you're going to brainstorm, you know, again, what's the type of meeting you're planning to have? And then you might have something like a quarterly offsite that's even like another higher level strategic meeting where you're really like brainstorming and planning further out. But knowing what's the type of meeting that you're having because helping your team know what kind of conversation they're walking into is really important. I talk a lot when I'm working with teams about what, you know, what's the altitude at which you're communicating with one another? Meaning, are you on the ground floor just blocking and tackling the the day-to-day stuff? Most of you that are executive leaders should be in very few tactical meetings, if any. Most of your team should be doing a lot of the tactical meetings and you need to be spending your time more in the strategic and or operational meetings. What are the higher level discussions, debates, conversations that need to be happening to help you look out further into the organization. So the further up you are in the org chart, the fewer tactical meetings I believe that you should be in. They need to be happening in your organization because we need to be able to have those, you know, quick action tactical meetings, but you need to know what is the type of meeting we're having and who should be sitting at that table. So the first step is just determining the type of meeting because a lot of times here's what gets you in trouble. When you try to have a tactical meeting and do strategy in the same meeting, it's impossible for your brain, not impossible, but it's hard for your brain to switch gears between the two. If I'm here thinking we are just making quick decisions and tackling those, you know, seemingly nuanced or smaller issues, and then all of a sudden you want me to switch and have a very strategic brainstorming, creative conversation, that gets really hard to do. Those things should be in two different 
meetings. Patrick Lencioni talks a lot about the, this type of stuff in his work. And so he has some great resources that I would say to check out on this as well. But knowing what is the type of meeting that we are having, that's really important. Number two, step two is to set the purpose of the meeting. So we need to know the type of the meeting, but then why are we meeting? What is the purpose? Are we brainstorming? Are we making a decision? Are we discussing? Are we evaluating? What should I expect when we get done with the meeting? What is the goal? What's the purpose? Are we, are we just trying to brainstorm? Because sometimes you need to get a team together and you need to brainstorm or you need to strategize, but you, you know that you're probably not getting to a conclusion or a decision in that particular meeting. Well, that's really good to know because it helps set expectations for everybody. Or is it, hey guys, we're going to do a discussion meeting around this initiative or this issue. And my goal is for us to have made a decision by the time we wrap up this discussion. And so setting that expectation is really, really important. Just what is the purpose of the meeting? Why are we getting together? Step three is to make some pre-meeting decisions. So this is where sometimes leaders, let's be honest, we are flying by the seat of our pants, right? We are like, okay, wait, what do I have next? Oh, okay, we have you know staff meeting or okay, we have marketing meeting. So you just kind of go flying into the meeting and you haven't really helped set things up ahead of time. Therefore, nobody's really prepared. They might not know what kind of meeting it is or what the purpose of it is. You need to make some pre-meeting decisions. Things like, who is the owner or driver of this meeting? Because leaders, it will default to you if you aren't making sure that's clear. So who does need to own and drive the meeting and delegate that authority to them? Maybe you do need to keep it, but there might be somebody that you can delegate the ownership, the responsibility of that meeting to. So who's the owner and driver of the meeting? Who produces the agenda? And I've asked that question as if it should be assumed that you need an agenda, but very rarely are we good or disciplined about having meeting agendas. You need a meeting agenda. So let's make that clear. Your meetings do need an agenda. Now, they don't need to be crazy bureaucratic, but you do need an agenda so people understand what to expect when they show up to that room. Here's something that gets us in trouble. A lot of times leaders are used to flying more by the seat of our pants, or we are used to being verbal processors, or we are used to thinking on our feet rather quickly. Not all of your team are wired that way. Some of them need to know ahead of time. In fact, it's a gift to all of them to know ahead of time what to expect from the meeting so they can come more prepared and we can use our time more wisely. But there are some of your team members that they don't think as quick on their feet. They need the processing time. They need time to think and to reflect. I actually am more wired that way. And one of the things I've had to learn over my career is how to be a little quicker on my feet. But if I prefer having time to think about it, look at some pre-work, that's another thing that's really helpful is give people stuff in advance to help them come better prepared to a meeting. But that agenda is key. So you need an agenda. That's a pre-meeting decision. But then who produces it? Somebody needs to be responsible for that agenda. So you need to think through that. You need to think through who else needs to contribute to the agenda. Sometimes you're going to have a recurring department meeting and everybody needs to contribute things. Well, make sure there's a pathway for that, that you have a system for, hey guys, you know, for Tuesday's staff meeting, I need agenda requests in by Friday at noon, the week before. Whatever the system is, however much lead time you feel like is appropriate, Know that and make sure that those who can contribute to the agenda know what how to contribute to the agenda. So you're making sure the right things surface for the meeting. Another pre-meeting decision is just who's going to take notes? 
We're terrible sometimes inside of our organizations at making sure we have somebody who's designated to take notes so that we capture what's discussed and what decisions have been made, et cetera. Another question here in pre-meeting work is when and how will the meeting information be communicated? Again, what I see happen so often is we have a meeting and then we walk out of those doors or close the Zoom call, right? And we have not communicated ahead of time the information people needed, nor do we communicate after the fact any decisions or so forth. So who's taking the meeting and when and how will that meeting information be communicated? And again, if you can communicate agenda and information on the front end, you're going to more intentionally use people's time in the meeting. Step four is determine the rules of engagement. So we need to have clear expectations of, of how do we show up to the meeting together? Are phones and computers allowed in the meeting? Do you let people use have technology? And even with that, what's our, because uh, I realize a lot of us take notes on our computers these days, just what's our agreement, our shared understanding with one another that, hey, you're not responding to email, you're not checking social media, you are actively engaged. If you're using your devices, you, you are taking notes. Like, what is our expectation? And be clear about it. Don't just assume people know. Um, what commitments do we have to one another? So things like we're committed to starting and ending on time. And we slip into patterns or habits of, well, we'll wait a couple minutes till so-and-so gets here. Well, we're actually reinforcing unhealthy behavior if we allow for people to be late. Again, that could be dependent on your culture. Maybe it's not a big thing, but in some organizations, and I would say in most organizations, when you calculate, so leaders, when you calculate the amount of dollars sitting around the table or on that Zoom screen together, when you think through how much we're paying in salaries and compensation to have people in that room together, we need to be thoughtful about how we use it. And so making sure that we're just intentional and we have good commitments to one another of how we're going to use our time. So is there a commitment to start and end on time? How much notice needs to be given if we're going to cancel a meeting, right? Or if we're going to call a meeting, like what's our best practice as a team for making sure that when we ask for people's time, we are honoring of that time? When do we and don't we cancel? Because sometimes there will be weekly meetings that, you know, are like, you know what, every once in a while, it just doesn't make sense for us to have this meeting. Maybe, maybe we've covered enough ground and we don't need to burn another hour in a meeting. But again, what are our commitments and expectations with each other on when or how we cancel? And then you can set other rules of engagement, depending on your organization, depending on the dynamics of your team, depending on the culture. There might be other things that are key for how you want to engage with one another. What are those commitments that you have when you are in meetings together? And then finally, step number five, follow some meeting best practices. So I've kind of hit on these a little bit as we've gone through, but some other things uh, that are, are important meeting best practices are review the agenda and agree upon it at the start of the meeting. So, you know, ideally, ideally you have set an agenda. Also, a key part of a good agenda is clarity of what you're covering, how much time you expect to to spend on each item. Um, Sometimes you'll even subdivide that. Like if there's an amount of discussion that needs to happen and then you need to move to a decision, it is even helpful to clarify how much time you want to leave for each of those pieces The clearer the agenda and the clearer you are about how much time you want to devote, the better chance you have of actually covering everything in the agenda, or sometimes even in the setting of the agenda, when you start to map out the time, you're like, there's no way we can cover all of this in one meeting. So we need to move some things to another meeting or to another week, et cetera. So getting that agenda clear 
and then reviewing it together at the start of the meeting and agreeing upon it so everybody knows, hey, here's what we've got to cover. We actually have to work quickly because we've got a lot of ground. If we don't get to a decision, we might need to defer it to another point. But just having some clarity around that. Again, making sure we are clear of who is taking notes so that we know who the note taker is and we're making sure that we're capturing what needs to be captured. For every decision or action, we need to define the clean agreement. So my friend Jeannie Stevens, I first heard her use this phrase, that we need to define the clean agreement, meaning who is doing what by when. This is really powerful, you guys. When you get to the end of a meeting and you know those decisions, those action steps, we need to capture who is doing it, what are they doing, and when do they need to do it by. And that, that clean agreement just helps set expectations so we know what we are looking for, what we have agreed to in that meeting. So for every decision, every action, who's doing what by when, that will remedy a ton of miscommunication or issues down the line. So, and then determine what needs to be cascaded to other team members. Here is where I see a lot of the executive teams I work with get stuck. We forget that there are people who need this information who were not at the table. And we move on and it's bit, we're busy. It's not like we're trying to be punks and not communicate to other team members. When you're sitting in that meeting, you have a responsibility to make sure that the right information gets to other team members. And so how are you cascading it to whom and by when? And this is also important to have in the meeting because we need to make sure that we are in alignment with that cascading of communication, especially if it's an issue that might be a bit more sensitive or the timing is really important of who gets the information when. Having that conversation, especially those of you who are executive teams, leadership teams, where there are key decisions you are making that impact others and they need the information, they need it cascaded. You want to make sure that you guys are in sync, you're in alignment around how and when you're communicating and you're cascading. But it is your responsibility to cascade that information to your teams. And I see a lot of things get stuck at leadership team level. And then there are frustrations throughout the organization because leaders have just failed to cascade the right information at the right time. So it's a big responsibility that we don't have a responsibility to just sit in the meeting. We have a responsibility to actually, our more greater responsibility is once we leave the meeting to take action on what we're supposed to take action on and make sure we've communicated what needs to be communicated. So let me review. I gave you a lot, but I want you to just, you know, hopefully a couple of these things just kind of stand out to you and you're like, that's one thing we can do to get a little sharper with our meetings. So here are these five again. The first one is determine the type of meeting. The second one is set the purpose of the meeting. Why are we meeting? Set the purpose. The third one is make those pre-meeting decisions. Who's the driver? Who produces the agenda? What is the agenda? Um, who's taking notes? When will that information be communicated? All of what needs to happen ahead of the meeting is step number three. Step number four is determine your rules of engagement. What are our commitments to one another when we're in a meeting together? And number five, following some of these meeting best practices, that commitment to an agenda and staying on time with the agenda, clarifying who's taking notes, developing those clean agreements, who's doing what by when, and being intentional to cascade the right information when we leave that meeting. These, I say, I almost say simple. They're, they are simple, but they take work to implement. This intentionality brings clarity that will unlock your meetings to be exceptionally purposeful, super intentional, and 
I believe that your teams will come to hate meetings less if we're doing meetings better. So those five steps, I think, will be a game changer. If you start to implement a few of these things, I think you'll start to see some movement um, in your meeting structure with your team. We actually have like a meetings worksheet, like a little like checklist of these five things. And so if you will just email podcast at getforesight.com, the word podcast at get, the G-E-T, the number four, the word site, S-I-G-H-T, podcast at getforesight.com. We will send you, you can just, you know, just put meetings worksheet in the subject line and we will send that back to you. Just a simple little tool, but can be incredibly helpful to make sure you are running meetings that are effective and useful and help your team achieve mission. So I hope that was helpful today. Just a little something, uh, a little more practical to get you thinking this week. And uh, as always, thanks for listening. Please rate, review, share. All of that is super, super helpful. Uh, We want to continue to provide great resources to great leaders and keep equipping you to lead yourself well so that you can lead others better. So be sure to email me podcast at getforesight.com. We'll send you that uh, worksheet and then we will see you back next week. Thanks, everybody. for listening to the Jenny Katrin Leadership Podcast. If you have any questions, please email Jenny at podcast at get the number four site.com. If this content has helped you in any way, we would love for you to share this podcast with your friends and on social networks. Also, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss any of the amazing content coming from the Jenny Katrin Leadership Podcast. Your comments mean the world to us, so please rate and leave comments on our podcast. And remember, you need foresight for success. We will see you next time.